This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Valor this week. Also, Simone from Cruising Excursion stops by to answer some of your listener questions. And as always, Sherry is here with Cruise News. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. So we're going to jump right to Sherry. First things first with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So it was a miracle for two fishermen last week, huh? It really was. And this happened in the Caribbean Sea. Two two men had been drifting for 20 days without basically without food and very little water. Um, there happened to be, I guess people might have heard about this bad weather that's been all over the, the Caribbean and the Gulf, but bad weather forced the Empress of the Seas Royal Caribbean ship to alter its course from Cuba instead go to Ocho Rios. But uh, it was at night, and someone on the bridge happened to spot a flashing distress light out in the distance. So after doing all the proper security checks and learning that no one from Jamaica or Grand Cayman could even send a rescue boat in that water, the cruise ship's captain proceeded towards the stranded fishing boat. And within about three hours, the two fishermen from Costa Rica were brought on board. They received medical attention and water and food. But it's just a stroke of luck for these men that, you know, that they made it. Um, they had been catching some fish to live on, but like I said, they were running out of fresh water. Chief Meteorologist James Van Fleet over there with Royal Caribbean, I mean, he made the call to divert this ship because of the weather. And you know what? It, it's a blessing that he made that call because those guys wouldn't be alive right now if he didn't make that call. Absolutely not. It's been, I mean, they had no signals or anything. Yeah. So it's just that he spotted them because they changed course. And for the last time in 2018, another new cruise ship has arrived in South Florida. Who is it? Yes, it has. The Holland America Line's new Stottendam. It completed its transatlantic crossing and arrived at Port Everglades, Florida last week. The 2,666 guests new Stottendam. It's a sister ship to the Koningsdam, and it's also based in Fort Lauderdale, so there's quite a selection there. The official naming ceremony will be presided over by Oprah Winfrey, who is the ship's godmother, and the private event is scheduled to take place on February 2nd. An injured cruiser won over $400,000 in a lawsuit. What exactly happened here? Oh, I love this one. So anyway, Royal Caribbean passenger Edgardo LeBron, he was awarded, like you said, over $400,000 by a Florida jury uh, after he sued Royal Caribbean. Now, he has sustained an injury. He was on the ice skating rink aboard Adventure of the Seas two years ago, a little bit over two years ago. And his claim was that the ice skates he was given had short and broken laces on the right skate. He also claimed that there were no warning signs to alert passengers of the danger of skating while the ship is in motion. I mean, you know, the professional skaters sometimes have to cancel their um, their performance. But anyway, so as it would happen, Edgardo fell, and among the other injuries that he suffered, he fractured his right ankle. And as a result, he's now $433,000 richer um, I don't know about this one. I think this is one of those discussions over a cup of coffee events, right? Yeah, it's definitely a common sense thing. Yeah, my 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 daughters have skated and they've rented skates and they had a sign, um, or we had a sign for them. Uh, 
consent waivers. If you have a cruise to Europe in 2019, you could be paying a little more if you're visiting Amsterdam. Yeah, now beginning January 2 of next year, the City Council of Amsterdam has instituted a tourist tax levy of about nine dollars, nine U.S. dollars per person. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Some cruise lines have already made other plans not to go to the port of Amsterdam. Now, it's only for day trip people. So if you're starting or ending a cruise in Amsterdam, be it ocean or river, you wouldn't be affected. And the ships that have the cruise lines now, cruise and maritime voyages has changed to Rotterdam for the next three years instead of Amsterdam. And MSC has also canceled port calls in Amsterdam. Now, if you, if you do the math on this, um, cruise passengers that spend a day in Amsterdam really make up only about 1% of all the tourists that go there in a year. So it's pretty tiny. But they bring in close to 60 million euro on their day visit. So that's quite a huge amount. And, you know, the other 99% of the tourists bring in 80 million. So it's, quite, you know, it's a pretty big disparity there. And, and personally, I think... Um, there could be, you know, the city of Amsterdam could see a little bit of a dent in those city coffers. I don't know. It's, Do you think this is greed kicking in? No. I think my personal opinion is, I, you've seen it, and not everybody has, where the big cruise ships dock in Amsterdam. It's a very small area, mm-hmm. and it's not, I mean, it's a little bit of a walk to get to Central Station and into the main area, but... I don't, you know, I don't know if it's greed on the part of Amsterdam or if they're really just trying to keep the day trippers away. And moving into 2019, we have four new cruise ships coming online. Give us some details about each one really quickly. First of all, we'll start with Carnival Sunrise. It was built in 1999, and that's its new name, of course. Um, carries about 3,800 passengers, and it will reappear in spring of 2019. It will start sailing out of Norfolk, Virginia, then uh, Fort Lauderdale. New York City, and more different ports over the next few years. Uh, Coming up next, uh, sort of a debut, Norwegian Joy, which was originally billed in 2017 for the China market. It carries just a little over 3,800 passengers, but it's the sister ship to the new Bliss. And and beginning in April of next year, it's going to start out in Seattle, doing seven-night Alaska cruises, then port down to Los Angeles and do Mexican Riviera and go back and forth through the Panama Canal to Miami. That's kind of a nice, um, I like that idea. And then we have Norwegian Encore, another Norwegian ship. This is a new, new ship, not just a a recreation of um, an older one. It's 3,998 passengers. It's going to debut in Miami in November of 19, and it's the fourth ship in the Breakaway Plus class. And last but not least, um, for 2019, Sky Princess will have 3,560 passengers. It'll be doing seven-night Caribbean cruises out of Fort Lauderdale beginning in the fall of 19. And as like the other one, Sky Princess is a sister ship to Royal, Regal, and Majestic. And I totally forgot about Carnival Panorama with writing these show notes. We don't have time for it, though. So we will talk about that next week. Listener question here comes from Matthew. Matthew says, it's been a long time since I've cruised, and I'm starting to look for cruises in summer of 2020. Both Celebrity and Princess have ships going to the Caribbean and where I want to go. Which is better, Celebrity or Princess? Well, that's an interesting question, Matthew. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of background information um, you didn't mention where you were sailing from, but if it's Celebrity and Princess in the summer of 2020, only Fort Lauderdale has Princess and Celebrity. So I'm guessing 
narrowing that down is either the Caribbean Princess or Celebrity Equinox. And the difference between those two ships, um, Caribbean Princess was built 2004, has 3,100 passengers. Celebrity Equinox was built in 2009 and has a little, you know, slightly less at 2,850 passengers. Now, I don't know what your tastes are, but Princess tends to lean a little more towards the traditional cruise experience. And I use traditional sort of a tough word to um, explain, but going on to celebrity, they try to be very modern. Um, modern luxury is their little catchphrase. And even their food has a more contemporary twist, I think you could say. But, um, you know, I would really, I, I would think rather than try to gauge the two, because they're both very nice experiences, I would consider the itinerary and the length of time that you would like to cruise. And then once you know, you know, you look at their itineraries through the summer because they vary Eastern and Western and Princess will probably have their private island and, you know, Celebrity will do something else, maybe a different port. So I would just, you know, and then if, if an older ship just doesn't make it for you, then, you know, then it would be Celebrity Equinox. Um, but again, Princess is more traditional. Um, their dining times are a little bit different. They're Main seating, if you wanted to go to the dining room, I think it's 5.15 and 7 o'clock for the second seating. So that may be too early for some people. Food, um, that's totally subjective. So I really don't want to get into that arena. You hear good things and bad things. So, you know, again, that's just up to you. But um, I will say that um, Celebrity does have a spa selection. Now, Princess does too, but Celebrity really goes for their spa, their aqua class, so they have their own smoothies and things like that. But also keep in mind that it's summer and you're going to have a lot of kids on either cruise line. So with that in mind, you know, maybe a smaller ship might be what you're looking for. I don't know, but you can't go wrong with either. But that's just a little bit of what I, how I would explain the difference between Celebrity and and princess and, and their prices, princess prices might be a little bit higher, but it really depends on the week, the month and all that. So anyway, have a great time, whichever you choose. I love it. Very good explanation, Sherry. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Happy New Year and we'll talk to you. Wow. Can't believe we're saying this. Talk to you next year. Happy New Year. I can't believe a year's gone by already. Holy cow. It is time once again to field your questions with Simone from CruisingExcursions.com. This time we're going to Northern Europe. So, uh, Simone, welcome to this show. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, Simone. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. The first question says, I visited St. Petersburg in 2016 and feel like I've seen the main sites. Could you offer something that wouldn't just be a repeat of what I've seen before? Yes, there's, there's so much to see uh, in St. Petersburg and also Pushkin as well. But St. Petersburg, we've uh, just recently introduced a tour for people who've been to St. Petersburg previously and just want a relaxing tour and take in some of the sites and just um, experience the culture as well. So we just introduced a, a tour called um, the Panoramic City Tour of St. Petersburg with vodka tasting. And as you know, vodka in Russia is the best, best vodka. So this tour will take you on a panoramic half-day tour of the city. And the, the usual spots, so you'll see the Hermitage, you'll get to see the Peter and Paul Fortress and Cathedral. Uh, you'll also bypass the Church on Spilled Blood and St. Isaac's Cathedral. Um, you, you'll see the main river, which, which is the Neva River, um, going through the city and the main shopping area, which is the Nevsky Prospect. 
and then you go on to um, tasting the Russian vodka, which is um, absolutely amazing. It's only a half-day tour, but if you've been there before, it's just something different. Highly recommended. We also have the Evening River Cruise, which again is highly recommended. So a lot of the cruise ships port overnight in St. Petersburg. So an Evening River Cruise, just to see the city in light is, is quite magnificent. So you actually go along the many canals in, in St. Petersburg, including the main Neva River. And it's just something completely different uh, to see St. Petersburg in the evening. Is, is just absolutely spectacular. So again, it's, it's ideal for people who've been there before but have never actually tried an evening tour before. Dan has the next question. He's going to be in Stockholm, and he's heard the Vasa Museum is a particular highlight. Any kind of tours you offer around the Vasa Museum? Yes, we do. One of our most popular uh, tours from the port of Stockholm is the uh, Stockholm Highlights of the Vasa Museum, which includes the entrance. So... This particular tour will take you around the city and you get to visit uh, inside the Vasa Museum, which is the home to, I believe, the um, oldest um, uh, Viking boat. Um, and absolutely amazing to see. The guide will go in with you and give you all of the history. It is absolutely incredible, it's, and it's high, the highlight of Stockholm for me. Absolutely. Stockholm's a beautiful city anyway, so you get to see all around the city, and you get the entrance into the Vasa Museum as well. So it's, that one is, is absolutely recommended when visiting Stockholm. Next question, Frank has taken us up to Berlin. He says, I've never visited Berlin before, but I wish to see Checkpoint Charlie, the Brandenburg Gate, and the Jewish Memorial all within the time my ship is in port. Is that even possible? Yes, it is. If you're on a cruise ship where it's porting um, 12 hours or more, which generally a lot of the cruise ships do, uh, you'll be, be able to get a Berlin City Tour. We offer a full-day Berlin City Tour. It's one of our essential collections, which will take you to Checkpoint Charlie. It'll take you to the, the, the remains of the Berlin Wall. There isn't a lot left, but the guide will point out uh, where the Berlin Wall was and where it was pulled down in the early 90s. You'll also get to see the Brandenburg Gate, uh, the Jewish Memorial. Um, it is a distance from the cruise ship port. It's about two and a half hours from the cruise ship port, but it's well worth going because this, this destination holds a lot of history, as you can imagine, with the World War II. Absolutely incredible, incredible tour. A long day, but worth it. Chris has the next question. He says, we're visiting Tallinn while on board Regal Princess in May of 2019, and I'd love to go on a tour that doesn't involve just the sights, but really immerses us in the local culture. Is that something that you could offer? Yes, absolutely. Tallinn is one of my favorite Baltic destinations. Um, When I visited Tallinn, I went into the, the heart of Tallinn. Um, and it's split into two parts, the upper and the lower part of Tallinn. We offer a tour which you get the experience of this beautiful medieval town. It's absolutely incredible. So we offer a tour which is called the Highlights of Tallinn, plus we also include three-course medieval lunch. So not only will you see uh, when you're walking around, it's just absolute magical place, a magical place. So you'll get the guide telling you all the history and all the fables that go along with Tallinn. And then you get to actually experience um, a typical medieval lunch, which is quite incredible. Next question takes us over to Copenhagen. My husband and I are visiting Copenhagen for the first time. Do you offer any excursions that would cover the main highlights and attractions while we're in port? 
Yes, Copenhagen. Well, with all of our tours, what what we actually um, promote, if you've never been to a destination before, we pr- promote the, uh, the Essential Collection tours. So we offer the Essential Collection wonderful Copenhagen. Um, it's just a half-day tour. takes you all around this beautiful city. Um, starts off at the Little Mermaid, which is very close to where the cruise ships dock. It's a bronze statue, which is situated right on the water side there. Uh, and from there, we go into the main district. In Copenhagen, you'll find in a lot of the Baltic um, cities, you'll find a lot of coloured houses, brightly coloured houses, um, lots of bars, lots of restaurants. And also, we get to see where the Danish royal family um, are housed at this moment in time. Um, so we get to explore all around the city. We also have time for shopping. So you get to see the main highlights of, of Copenhagen. Next question. When visiting Oslo, I'd really like to see the Vigeland installation at Frogner Park. Do you offer any excursions that would include this? Yes, we do. We have, again, another essential collection tour because it is a highlight of the destination. So we offer the um, essential collection Oslo Highlights City Tour. So, again, it's just a half-day tour of Oslo. Oslo is very compact, as is Copenhagen. But Oslo, um, you get to see the heart of the city. So you'll see the medieval Akers Fortress, the, the Oslo City Hall, and also the Storting Building, along with the Vigeland installation in the Frogner Park. So you, you do actually get to see the main points of Oslo. We also take you round to uh, where the main uh, ski slope is as well. Everybody asks to go and see that because it's quite famous in Oslo. So this actually gets you to the main destinations in Oslo, so you do not miss out on anything. We've been talking with Simone from CruisingExcursions.com. If you'd like to find any of these excursions we've been talking about today, be sure to check them out at CruisingExcursions.com. Simone, Happy New Year and Happy Holidays. Always good talking to you. Happy Holidays, Doug. Thank you. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. Heather just returned from a four-night cruise on Carnival Valor out of Galveston, Texas, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Heather. Hey, Doug. How you doing? You're in Houston, so you're like, what, a 45-minute ride down to the uh, Galveston port? So did you do any pre-cruise time there, or did you just drive like straight down the day of? No, we just drove the morning of. It's it's just such an easy trip over there. I mean, like, would it be expensive? Like, do the, do the hotels down there demand a premium on cruise, like pre-cruise or post-cruise? They really do. I mean, it's really just kind of 
every night that we've ever checked, um, he can run up to like $300 a night uh, for the nicer hotels. So yeah, it's just, it's too expensive. I would suggest looking at Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get really good rates for Airbnbs or like condos that people run out because the hotels, they just kind of gouge you, but then they have, you know, those park and stay options. So there's that, but I think it would still be a more budget friendly option to do like an Airbnb and then mm-hmm. pay to park at the pier anyway. So what made you want to take this four night cruise on Valor? Basically we had booked this really long vacation in the beginning of the year. And, um, my husband and I just kind of looked at each other like, we cannot go through 2018 without booking a cruise. And, but we were out of like running short on vacation time uh, because of that other vacation. So uh, we saw this cruise. It was over Labor Day weekend. So that way, that was one less uh, vacation day that we'd have to take. And uh, because Labor Day is already into the school year, uh, the rate was great. And we just went ahead and booked it. You make your way to the cruise pier. It's always a mixed bag as far as embark and debark at the port down there. So how was your embarkation process? Yeah, it was surprisingly easy. Uh, I know Galveston has a really bad reputation, but we decided we were going to get there really early this time. So we it was me and my husband and then four other family members. We had a small group and we all had priority. So we made a plan to get there really early and we parked our car at I think 1030. Uh, our shuttle took us over there. I think we walked in at 1045, went right through security. There was no one there. Uh, went, uh, you go straight upstairs in Galveston and I mean, they opened the ship at, I think right at 11 AM and we, we just walked straight on. So, and then the nice thing was they had extended to Valor the the express check-in where you don't have to get your card, so it's waiting for you at your stateroom in the ship. So we didn't even have, even have to do anything when we got upstairs. We, I mean, we really just walked mm-hmm. right onto the ship. Yeah, I love that now. Like, same thing with Vista and Horizon. You pretty much, you just keep, and, and most recently in New Orleans when I did Triumph, you just keep walking. There's no, you don't even have to stop. Yeah. Like there's yeah, no check-in it was, desk, it nothing. It was amazing. We just kept looking at each other like, yeah. are we doing this right? Because it, it was just so much easier than our past experiences. Do you normally like park in an off-site lot or part of like the, the cruise pier lot? Yeah, we've actually, you normally park in an off-site lot, um, and it comes with covered parking and indoor parking, which actually came in handy, and we'll talk about that later for when we talk about debarkation. So you make your way on Valor pretty quickly. So uh, what were your first impressions this time around? I really enjoy this ship. I love the decor. I don't mind it. Some people think, you know, it's obnoxious or whatever. I think it's a beautiful ship. I will say that it's showing its age a little bit, um, but really on like a micro level. I mean, it just it needs like an exterior paint job, um, have like a little bit of rust and just like some new carpet, just a little freshening up, really. But I mean, like I said, I, I just love this ship. So. so you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? So we booked an interior for this cruise. We were just trying to save on budget and uh it was plenty of space uh you know it was a four-day cruise we didn't bring a whole lot i think we both actually just brought carry-ons um 
so yeah, you know, I, it was, it was plenty of space and, uh, we booked, we actually had, um, a room on deck six, which we're normally down on deck one and two. So Mm -hmm. uh, we really enjoyed the location of this room. Y'all living fancy up there on six. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we're either we're usually either down on one and two in an interior because mm-hmm. those are the cheapest rates, or we're down on a cove balcony if yeah. we can, uh, which are down on deck two. So we're used to having to like climb fourteen decks of stairs. <laughs> so it was nice to be midship this time. Yeah, dining. Uh, let's talk about the main dining room first. What time dining did you have, and what did you think of the dining experience? We actually did anytime dining this cruise, which was the first time for us doing that. And we really enjoyed it. Uh, we weren't sure what we were going to think, but we really loved the flexibility that it gave us uh, to do what we wanted to do in the evenings or if we were um, all together at a bar and, you know, having a drink and we didn't feel like getting up and having to rush to dinner. We could just hang out for a bit longer and then go to dinner when we wanted. So, um but the food was amazing. We had uh, a really great waitress. Uh, we went to the dining room two of the four nights, and we requested her both nights. Her name was Samita, and she was just outstanding. So we had great food and great service. Do you find, um, as you make your way from one carnival ship to another, that the food is pretty much consistent in the main dining room? I think so, because the first night, they had my favorite entree on the menu, which is the veggie lasagna. Mm-hmm. And every time it is just as good as the last time that I had it. And I mean, yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was delicious. I think, I think it's consistent. Um, do you, do you find it consistent? Yeah, I do. In fact, I was a couple of interviews ago, I was just talking to a girl and I was telling her it's surprising, like how, from one ship to another, how solid the food is. Because on other cruise lines, like if you go on a Royal Caribbean ship, uh, maybe Allure, and then go on mm-hmm. Jewel of the Seas, you, you could have two different total tastes for the same dish. Whereas yeah. Carnival, it seems very consistent and solid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I don't know how they do it and how they, you know, these yeah. thousands of different chefs and they're able to create the same consistency for every single entree for every guest that's just that blows my mind i feel like we're having a cooking segment right now (laughs) (laughs) so we'll go we'll go upstairs then and talk about the buffet how was that uh the buffet was really good too so we actually tried the deli for the first time uh and we i think my husband got a cuban and i just got like the ham and cheese and we were we were like, oh my gosh, how have we never had the deli before? I guess we were always so caught up and <laughs> to get guys burgers and blue iguana. And um, it was really busy there one day. So we're like, oh, let's go to the deli. And it was it was great in the main buffet areas. Um, I think we hit that for breakfast once or twice. And again, they were really consistent and, <laughs> and good with their food quality. So, um, yeah. The steakhouse, how was that? Uh, yeah, so we did the steakhouse, and that was delicious. Uh, I really can't say enough good things about that. Uh, I got the uh, filet mignon. I just that's just my favorite. I have to get that. Uh, and that oh, they I also tried. They had this new mushroom risotto, uh, which I got for my appetizer, and that was 
Oh my god, I might I might have liked that better than the filet mignon. I don't I don't know. It was just <laughs> it was so good. We have to talk about Guy's Burger joint in Blue uh, Blue Iguana. How was that? Oh, again, consistent, amazing. I mean, I. I lost track of how many I ate, how many burgers I ate. Uh, we had uh, Blue Guana Cantina. We got the huevos rancheros and the arepas for breakfast one day, and those were amazing. Probably would stop your heart if you had them every day <laughs> for breakfast all the time, but they're so good. Um, you have to get them if you go on a carnival ship with a Blue Guana. Um, and even like the pizza place was, was good. Um, it just across the board, the food was really good on this ship. Did you do the seafood check? Yes, we did. Actually, uh, I got the fish and chips Mm -hmm. and those were, I think they could have used a little more salt and maybe they do that because, you know, there's people out there that need low salt in their diet. Um, and then I, I just added salt myself, but, um, the breading was great, uh, so it's definitely worth the extra money there. Um, and they also have a sushi at sea, which is kind of – it's not bonsai sushi because it's like an express. It's not a sit-down restaurant, but they have some of the same sushi rolls. Like they have a bonsai roll. So we did that one night. We skipped dinner. We actually skipped formal night. So uh, we went to sushi at sea for dinner, and we just had like – we just ordered a bunch of sushi rolls and just kind of shared it together, and oh, that was so good. I, I'm a big sushi fan myself, mm-hmm. anyway, so I'm pretty biased. But oh, I yeah, I could eat a lot of sushi. Yeah. You remember when you spent 144 dollars on lobster rolls on yeah. this set? <laughs> I could have spent 144 dollars on sushi. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, their sushi places, uh, Bonsai Sushi Express, and the Bonsai Sushi, and the one that we went to. Yeah, so so good. Yeah. Um, so, so entertainment. Good. How was the entertainment on this cruise? Um, the entertainment was great. I was um, a little, I don't know, I say apprehensive, but. So our cruise director was supposed to be, I think, someone named TJ, but they're having a cruise director's conference during the week that we were sailing. So our cruise director was like a a stand-in or somebody who'd never actually been a cruise director before. And, you know, this is kind of like their trial run. So I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. But... Uh, her name was Savannah, and she did a fantastic job. I mean, had I not known that beforehand, I would have never. It would have. I would have never noticed. She just, you know, acted like she'd been doing it for years, and yeah, she did a. She did a fantastic job. Uh, there was great live music all over the ship. There was this Latin duo that uh, we listened to in the atrium a lot, and a, a string quartet. The Trivia, I thought, was really prevalent around the ship. Um, they did that, and maybe just because I spent a lot of time in the atrium, but they did this trivial pursuit in the atrium one day, and I'd never played it, so I just kind of was there watching, but I had just as much fun watching other people play, you know, it, it was just so enjoyable to watch. And that part of that was the, the crew member who was uh, leading it, he was just a riot the way he was uh, uh, doing the trivia. So, you ever won a trivia contest and g- walked away with a ship on a stick? Uh, yes, this cruise actually oh, really? was my first time. I won uh, the Harry Potter trivia. So, 
I was so excited. I've never won before. So, um, yeah, it, it, and it, I, I was playing by myself and there is another team of like six or seven people and just some other people that I did. I just didn't think I was going to win. I actually just kind of played as like a joke because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to win, but whatever. I'll just play for fun. And I was like, a little too excited. <laughs> probably. <laughs> As far as the casino goes, uh, mm-hmm. now you obviously have to walk by the casino when you're on the main promenade there. So was smoking an issue as you were walking through or by the casino? You know, I really didn't find it to be that bad on this ship. I mean, you are going to smell cigarette smoke when you walk through the promenade, but I have found it to be worse on other ships, if I can put it that way, I guess. Um, but then I'm also someone who just doesn't really mind it so maybe that factors into it but i i really i really truly thought that this ship did a really good job of ventilating it out um so that it didn't permeate past the casino how were the sea days um sea days were actually a little busy i think being that this cruise fell over labor day weekend there was a lot of we we noticed a lot of like bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, um, family groups, you know, reunions and stuff like that. I, I think it was sold out cruise. Um, and then on the last sea day, there was some spots of rain here and there and it kind of chased people inside. And so you could kind of notice on this cruise that it was, it was really busy. And even some of the bartenders that we had, talked to were just they looked a little overwhelmed so um and then again maybe that's because we hang out at a lot of the bars and and this cruise uh being that it was a week or two into school I don't think there was many kids or families with kids and so people were gravitating to those kind of spots uh so yeah it, it was a little it was a little busy but I mean it was nothing that you know, ruined our cruise or anything. And we still had a a great time and we still got, you know, a drink at a bar within three minutes or Mm -hmm. so. So it it wasn't anything major. Well, and on the subject of bars, did you get the cheers package? Yes, we always get the cheers package. How was it? Did you, do you find, so some people say they break even, I guess it depends on the itinerary, but did you find yourself breaking Mm -hmm. even? Uh, yeah, we we did probably at least two of the three days. So going out of Galveston, it doesn't start until the second day, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but the yeah, two of the three days that it was valid, uh, I think we um, well because it people get confused. They think when they when it says that you're limited to fifteen drinks, they think that that means you have to drink 15 drinks in order for it to, you know, be worth your money. But that's not really the case. It's, it's more, if you're drinking on average five drinks a day, it is totally worth your money, a a huge bang for your buck. Um, and then included in that, I also, I drink a ton of bottled water. Um, I get the specialty coffees every morning. Um, and then, when we went to the steakhouse, they had some really nice scotches that were included. My husband and I are big scotch drinkers. And I asked the waitress, I was like, bring me the most expensive scotch you have. And she brought me 
the Chivas, I can't remember exactly what type of Chivas it was, but it was a Chivas and it was a $17 pour of scotch it was, you know, free thanks to the drink package. So didn't they have other like um, beverages in the steakhouse that were more than that for a pour? You know, I thought so. And that's why I had asked her like, Hey, mm-hmm. bring me the most expensive one. But, uh, and she told me that that was it. She knew that the bar head bartender had assured her that that was the nicest one. So, um, you know, I didn't question her, but I have heard from other people that there's ones that are like almost $50, which used to be the limit for the right. drink package was that $50 per drink limit. And so I thought mm, maybe either she made a mistake or they changed their onboard beverage selection for for what they offer so i i don't know what did you do in cozumel in cozumel we decided to go to nachi Cocom. uh we're big beach day people and we've uh gone to mr sancho several times and we decided oh let's just try nachi Cocom this time and we had a fantastic time uh and it was so much better than mr sancho's and i don't say that to put Mr. Sanchez down because it's still a, a great beach day, but it was just, it was quieter. It was more relaxed. Um, Nachi Kukum limits the amount of people they let into 100 guests. So they have this big beach area and only so many people that they'll let in. And it just makes it more intimate. You know, you have your waiter and it, it made for quicker service. They, they had better food. Um, we just it was just a better day and actually we were sitting on um the beach and our we could see down the beach it must have been about half a mile you could see mr sancho's and it was just like crawling with people so you could just tell the difference and and how busy it was and yeah i love that they cap nachi yeah so nice yeah it's just great and i think people think that it's they don't allow kids and that's not true. They do allow kids, but they also aren't really that kid friendly. They Mm -hmm. don't have like all the big play areas and those, um, inflatable things like Mr. Sanchez does and quite as many activities. So I think by default, they kind of don't attract as many families and they, so they can still say that they, you know, allow kids, but they just kind of naturally, you know, don't attract families. So it's, it's nice. It's like not adults only, but it kind of is adults only. Yeah. So I've been three times. I went twice in 2017 and once this year. And Mm -hmm. in all three times, I've only seen one kid there, like total at all three times. Yeah. I didn't, I don't remember seeing any, I mean, there weren't many kids on our sailing anyway, but Mm -hmm. I think maybe there were two kids and they were like i they were probably middle school and they weren't little kids so you make your way back to galveston how was your debark uh it was a little crazy um you may remember uh that was the day that it kind of flooded in galveston Mm -hmm. and uh there was a guy on the, the local news like helping this old lady wade through the waters with her luggage who was trying to get on the ship who she was embarking that day. So that was 
that was that same day. We were debarking during that weather. So it was a little hectic. Our the ship got in a little late and it was late in in starting debarkation because of the weather. Luckily, being priority, we were able to be some of the first people off the ship. And we, and we did self-assist. We always do self-assist, especially in, in Galveston. It just it, sh- it makes it faster every time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, luckily we were some of the first people off the ship because we got to our car right away and we left Galveston as soon as we could. And thankfully we were in an SUV because the roads were already flooding before I think it was 9, 930. Um, and a lot of people got stuck. A lot of people had cars that were flooded when they returned from their cruise. So it was quite a hectic day, but we were really fortunate to get out of there safe in a timely manner. So. Yeah, that was a wild day. I mean, I know that yeah. the area is prone to flooding, but I mean, when it mm-hmm. floods, it floods there. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy. I, do, I hope they can address that somehow because it's just we've been getting way too much rain this year and it's just it keeps happening and it just they can't have that continue happening with how much people are cruising through galveston these days any first time tips to offer people sailing carnival valor on embarkation day the barbecue restaurant which is up on deck 10 above the lido deck it's always empty People, no one knows about it until, you know, the first sea day or maybe even the last sea day, but it's always empty on embarkation day. So it's back of the ship, deck 10, uh, and it's, it's not the Guy Fieri smokehouse, but it has the Guy Fieri sauces. So it's almost just as good. Um, also, there's a specialty coffee shop on Lido uh, in the aft on deck nine. And that's where I would go every morning to get my specialty coffee because the shop on deck five along the promenade, that's where everyone naturally goes. And it just gets so busy. There's usually only one barista working and there's like a line of 20 people. If you go up to Lido, it's typically either empty or there's only barely a handful, a handful of people in line. So it's much faster. And my last tip would just be to come hungry because there's so much good food on this ship and so many options. Final thoughts of Carnival Valor. I really love this ship. I love con- the Conquest class ships. I love this size of ship. And I am sad to see it go to New Orleans next year. But I am happy to get the dream in its place, too. And we still have Carnival Freedom here. So it's a great ship. I encourage anyone to sail on it if they're looking into it. Um, Yeah. All right. Thank you, Heather. Thanks, Doug. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida.
For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 